Danny, what's the deal? Hey, what? don't rat yourself off yet. It's only what? in your head we're doing a podcast again. Only two days apart. <laughs> they don't know that. They don't know how. Now. They don't. Yeah, that's true. We podcast like pros. Listen to us. So we're many. podcasting so like many. pros. So many. I was going to ask you, what's the deal with all the... There, I feel like there's... Maybe there aren't that many. Maybe there's just a couple. But uh, I feel like um, Jimmy Eat World has a lot of like non-word vocalizations. Yeah. Ah-ha. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um. <laughs> Or what's the, one of the songs he's like, ah, oh, like just there's a lot of like weird. I can't I can't place it now which song it's in. But oh, in case you were wondering, listeners, we're doing for the anniversary Bleed American, Jimmy World's third album. Oh, I better not get that wrong. Uh oh, no, it's the fourth album. Is it really fourth? Yeah. Hold on, we got start. Static prevails. Clarity and Bleed American is the third. False. Jimmy World, 1994. Oh, start static. No. What's it called? Star Static is a Static is Prevails. A, yeah, Star Static is a sugar cult album that I just that you just bought and I just also I, I just bought for tab too. We need to do an episode on that when it comes to in. Yeah. I'm excited. I would like to do an episode on both of their good albums. I mean, yeah. I'm dumb. Yeah, it. that one and the power lines and whatever one. Yeah, memory yeah. On it. yeah, this is episode 38, and we are celebrating the 20th anniversary of Jimmy Eat World's fourth album, Bleed American, uh, also known heard. as Jimmy Eat World <laughs> for a <laughs> short period of time. Only short. The for fans, reasons. the media, and Jimmy Eat World went back to calling it Bleed American pretty true. shortly after. True, true. I understand the concern, though. It was a frenzied time. Yeah. Like, you do not want to cross anyone no. at that time. In case no. you're wondering, listeners, any newbies to the Jimmy World fandom, this album dropped, what was it, like two months or one month before 9-11 happened? It dropped July 24th, 2001. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, their hit single, or one of the hit singles is called Bleed American. The album's called Bleed American. The lead like, single. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's the lead single, but I feel like over the you know, over the test of time, there are other songs that have become like the middle and sweetness. Oh, no, totally. More, I mean, Bleed America is an amazing song, but but Bleed I'm just saying Bleed American, not saying it lead singles as in it it came out uh, like a month and a half before the album came out, like a release to radio. And then um, and then it was it was just the first one. Um, and. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, no, totally not. Like, in retrospect, not the not the song, not the biggest song. But um, at the time, it's like the only, like maybe the only thing they have out on the radio. So they're like, oh, plus the name of the album. Um, and so far, of my, I mean, not top five of all time, but top five, I guess, emo punk pop punk bands, we have done. An AFI album, an Alkaline Trail album, and a Jimmy World, and all of them are in my top five. So, really? Yeah. I what are, what are your top Jimmy five? World. Ooh. So Jimmy World, Motion City Soundtrack, AFI, Alkaline Trio, and Sum 41. I know Blinkway 2 is close, but Sum 41 has lasted over time. Like, I keep going back to Sum 41. Blinkway 2 is like number six, sadly. 5.5. 5.5. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I mean, not that. five bands of all time, because like, you know, 
Peter Gabriel. No, you're just but you're I'm like saying, just in this genre space. Yes, but Jimmy World, I actually have. I guess it doesn't count because I don't have Jimmy World's first album called Jimmy World or whatever. But after, look at you, such a big fan. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I also don't love Static Prevails. There's some good songs on it, but it's not you know my top. But I have Clarity on order from Europe, and it's not here yet. But after I get that one, I own all. I mean, besides the one that I forgot about. Well, the all one the major... you forgot about is not even on Spotify. So. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even know if I've ever heard it. I even have most of their EPs on vinyl. <sighs> yeah, I'm a big fan of Jimmy World. So this is very exciting. I And I've never seen Jimmy World live out of all the bands I've seen. I have. I, I know you which have. Which is wild because I only know their hit songs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a huge fan. <laughs> it's, it's really wild. It's, I So I didn't know that you were a huge Jimmy World fan. Although I do have an interesting note that we'll we'll get into later. Um, that kind of came. I've, I remembered it before, but it came back into focus when I was prepping. But other, I, I really, it's not a band that you necessarily talk about a lot to me and maybe that's just because i don't really talk about them um and this will actually seg- segue you know perfectly into we're kind of doing personal histories here naturally without even prompting well, I don't, for it but i don't talk about afi with you either really that's true. true and motion city you also love a lot so i true. can easily talk to you about those two bands well in motion city i've loved the entire time we've known each other whereas alkaline trio is more of a new thing for me no we so tab really likes jimmy at world and we went and saw them they played St. Andrews in 2017, end of 2017, and um, it, we got like a Groupon or a Live Nation deal. I, I want to say I ended up, I paid like $15 or something Aww. to see them, and you know, they they play, they just, uh, it was a hit list plus their uh, cover of Careless Whisper. No, not Careless <laughs> Whisper. Uh, wait, is it Careless? No. What's that? Last Christmas. Sorry. Right. Right. Group. Wrong cover. Because uh, <laughs> I was like, no, it's a Christmas song. Yeah. Um, which is which is good. And um, but I don't other than like I know the hit songs and I I I realize that Jimmy World. So when you're looking at the which bands like broke pop punk punk derivative stuff like into the mainstream i always say that my like the i say green day opened the door blink 182 kicked it open but jimmy world is also had their breakthrough at this beginning stage like 2001 is you know is their like breakthrough into the mainstream and they don't get enough credit for being the i think one of the like one of the forebears if not the forebearer for the more like emo-y type of pop punk like i think like i think bands like motion city and the wonder years draw more inspiration from jimmy world than they do a blink 182 i completely agree with you i think jimmy world while the others like you said broke down doors jimmy world definitely broke down the emo doors because like uh, this band hold on i had something pulled up and ready and i'm totally not ready we're like we were talking about this on our past episode with um, with Wes. Yes, because mm-hmm. like Texas. No, is no, the no. Was it Wes or was it? No, it was Wes. For Texas okay. is the reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So like bands like this, bands like you know Sunny Day Real Estate and Get Up Kids and Jets to Brazil, all these emo bands. Jimmy World sounds a lot like them, and even stuck with yeah, they got poppier, 
especially in this album, but then they go back a little bit. I don't know. They, they, I never consider them completely pop punk. I still consider them like actual emo. Sure. So I feel like they broke down the emo door. Yeah, no, I'm, you and I are, uh, are in complete agreement here. And before we even get into this, this album is nonstop hits and I love this whole album. This is actually my fourth favorite Jimmy world album. Fourth. Wow. Which is crazy. They did have a lot of albums later that I like had no idea. I mean, my number one favorite is Futures. Yeah. I love Chase the Light, Clarity, and then Bleed American. And then a bunch of the other ones I really like. But I think Integrity Blues is the only one. No, actually, I do like Integrity Blues more than I like Static Prevails. Static Prevails is all right. It's them in their early years. It's got some great songs, but it's not my favorite. Oh, man, that was my Jimmy World breakdown. There it is. Um, my history with them, I got introduced to them with Clarity for my friend Charlie. I feel like I bring him up all the time, but he was like the person that introduced me to like every band. Yeah. Rest, rest in peace. And then I remember over at my friend Justin's house, Bleed American came out. We were just like jamming it in their living room and like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like it was life changing. Just like the pop sensibility, but still like, uh, and I'll get into like, I have some deeper history with this album than any, most any other album. So, but we'll do that, do that track by track. Track by track. Yeah. So I, I basically went through mine and then, so yeah, fourth studio album re released July 24th, 2001 on DreamWorks records. Uh, it is uh, their only album to go platinum. Um, Sadly. Yeah. Um, and then just to get to, to do a little bit of, I have some stuff that is kind of um, just like full album history before we get into the track by track. So like we said, originally released as bleed American, and then it was re-released following the September 11th attacks because um, you know, people were, they were worried that maybe, I don't know if they were worried if like the label was worried, but probably the label, someone and was worried. Radio's, radio wouldn't play with it. Because it says, you know, the, this is a new track by Jimmy World, Bleed American. Like, they had to change it because of that. Yeah. Um, and then they, they did a shit ton of touring, and which included, um, they were on the Pop Disaster Tour with Green Day and Blink-182, which I didn't realize. I remember seeing the ads for that tour and being like, oh, my God, I need to go. And But I Wait, wasn't really. What was the tour? Pop Disaster. With who? With Green Day and Blink-182. They only it, did half that tour. Yeah, yeah, that's what because I was when I went, it was part saves of it. a day. Because I would have loved that. It was when I went, it was saves a day, Blink Two, and Green Day, which I loved. I mean, that's still yeah. That was a sick lineup. It was the first time I experienced confetti cannons, because you know Green Day and their confetti canyon cannons, and it was out of control in Blink Way Two. Huh. Anyways. Oh, you haven't seen confetti cannons until you've been to a Kiss show. Holy! I know that's shit. what you were telling. Yeah, Holy, you couldn't like... see the stage. It's like <laughs> fucking wild. Anyway, uh, so they left Capitol Records um, after Clarity. Uh, kind of had didn't have great support there due to a lack of funds. Members had to take up our odd jobs. Uh, Adkins was selling art supplies. Linden did construction, or Linton did construction work. Birch sold auto parts, and Lind worked at a car dealership. Uh, they did a five-week tour of Europe. They bought copies of their previous releases from Capital at cost uh, to sell them directly in Europe. 
Um, and the band's management was actually against this because they didn't have that big of a stronghold in the States. Um, so they decided to break away from their management and work as free agents. That tour was ultimately a success with Clarity selling 500 copies a week by that point. Um, and then the producer, Mark uh, Trombino, uh, yeah. he already produced the last two albums. And he had like a brotherly relationship with them at this point. And, you know, they, he liked the demos for this album. And um, they so they didn't have enough money budgeted. So he offered to work for free during the recording sessions. And um, because he was confident that like the, the he would be able, they would reimburse him after the album was successful. So. Uh, the drums, though, were recorded at Cherokee Studios in Los Angeles, and the cost of that made caused the band to go broke. So they took a break to tour uh, with Jebediah for two and a half weeks. Can I pause and, for a second? Yeah, go ahead. I want to talk about how amazing Mark Trembino is. I wanted to bring this up when you. I knew you were going to get into it. Do yeah. you realize this guy's hits classics, like everything he's done? Yeah, no, I looked at his list. Actually, I <laughs> he did I Finch, What It Is yeah. to Burn, Blink One Eight Two. Yep, Dude Ranch. He, he did, did commit Gob. this to memory. Yep, he did Starting he Line, yeah. The Living End, Sugar Cult. He did the Palm Trees and Power Lines album. Like this guy, he's got a lot of he's got a lot of good albums on his resume. Oh, so many. He did the Bled, Found in a Flood, Silverstein. Oh shit, this guy. He put out some good. Yeah, and he did the Wonder Years, which I know I don't care about, but you do. Yeah, the no, a lot generation. of a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Greatest Generation's a great album too. So. Oh, and he did Motion City. Which one? I didn't. That's even what he says. That. Commit this to memory. Oh shit! Sorry, I didn't pay. Which they're doing their seventeenth anniversary tour in in January because their previous tour got cut off huh? for it. That we're going to. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Did you forget? <laughs> I did forget. I want to see um, how this next concert goes before I get too excited about future concerts. Well, that's January though, so we there's a lot uh, of time. It doesn't mean shit. <laughs> I'm just saying it's there's a lot of time. Yeah. And honestly, by then, so for instance, the show you're talking about, so we are going to Coheed and the Used, uh, and um, that venue. Well, thankfully, one, it's outside, so that's good for for us COVID concerns. And then two, that venue company is making fans get uh, show proof of vaccination or a test within 48 hours. This is something I haven't talked about with you, but I'm going to do it on the podcast now. I think that Sunday should be our first in-person podcast at your house because I'm planning on driving to your house that morning, going to that concert with you, and then hopefully staying the night. And then we could podcast in the morning about the concert. Oh, I'm glad that you told me now that you're planning on spending the night so we can plan for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if not, I can drive home. Toledo's not the worst drive ever, but no, I was being stupid, mostly because so. of the podcast part. Like I've we haven't podcasted in person since way back in the day. Like this is all not on this show, like on, yeah, not on previous this show. show. Yeah, this is true. This is true. It could be our first in person, you know podcast review of the concert We're... yeah yeah we'll we'll figure it out we'll do something yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um well, where is that yeah yeah so da, 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 da. sorry so they went on a tour no you're good they went on a tour and then they actually um they moved to save money they moved the sessions to somewhere else and then they um at uh, mark's suggestion they uploaded i i i included this specific thing just because i love how dated it is 
Um, at the suggestion of Mark, the band uploaded demo versions of the songs on Napster for fans to hear. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then it said, by this point, A&R people from various labels visited the band often unannounced. As a result of this, they had to lock the doors to keep people out. Um, and then it said, as Lind was writing a check to cover the cost of mixing, he was worried that they were close to to bankruptcy and hoped it would not bounce. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. So, um, dun, 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 dun. I got some other stuff, but I don't know if, uh, basically the, I think the, the last little piece is that the material on here is, is more accessible and more aggressive than its predecessor and has more, a more layered sprawling sound. Um, what do you think about that? I don't know enough about clarity to, to yes. say if I agree or d disagree. Okay. Um, and then he, uh, so uh, in regard to the stylistic approach of the album, Atkins said, things still got pretty gnarly in the studio as far as experimentation, but it was always to an end that was complimentary uh, to the song. We wanted to make sure we, that we weren't doing things like, let's put a wacky keyboard sound in, and it had to be doing something constructive for the song. Um, and then they intentionally strayed away from the complex writing of clarity for simple structures, simpler structures. So, and then, um, the, the overall theme of the album is, um, changing one's life for the better. And it is darker and less complex than clarity. However, their next album futures is even darker. So and they don't always stay that way. Like it goes back up to popular stuff, but. So that's all my uh, full album info background stuff. And we can get into the track by track. Track by analysis. track. Day by day. <laughs> <laughs> track one. B -b 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 Bleed American. Title track. This song was called. Salt, sweat, sugar on the uh, self-titled version. Just anyone was curious. Um, Do you know that finding? I think I don't remember which one it is. I don't know if it's finding that one because they pressed a bunch of them just self-titled. Yeah, I think that one's worth a bunch of money. Is it find That's... the non-bleed American version? Are you gonna try to find it? No, I'm not. I'm happy. Top five fan you are. <laughs> I'm not a variant collector, which is someone ah. that collects like every variance of every record that comes out. I don't know what out. a variant collector is. I don't I have money English. for that. I know you do. <laughs> I think it's in the name. Like right now, I own two different versions of two Alkaline Trio albums, and I feel weird about it. But I have two. Um, I have two versions of my favorite Motion City album because they did like an anniversary re-release that. Although it wasn't like some people just buy a, a you know a variant because it's like a different color or something like this one had like new album art and like a bunch of demos and acoustic tracks and stuff that weren't on this. So it was like there was enough stuff to justify. Plus, it wasn't like, oh, this is a million dollars because this is special. It was just 20 bucks or 30 bucks or something, you know. Anyway, secretly uh, funny thing about that. What I have from here to infirmary on red vinyl, the original. And then I bought the, oh, it is downpouring. I bought the uh, Record Stay Edition, the Record Store Day, and uh -huh. it's all beautiful splatter. 
And I was like, oh, maybe I should auction this off or use it for our podcast like to promote. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm just going to keep this. <laughs> no, you're just going to make uh, lead singer videos. Yeah, that's right. I saw that, I like today. that I was video. Like, Man, this guy. This what, you guy, don't like it? <laughs> no, it's great. I just, I was like, oh, the ball's on this guy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, um, Atkins said that Bleed American is about uh, how small, trivial things in a person's life can overtake the important things. Uh, the grunge light track has been compared to the work of Helmet at the drive in and Braid. Feelings. I don't know about helmets, but I do agree with maybe braid okay i do maybe at the drive-in too i can kind of see that but helmet mm. <laughs> oh this is the song i was talking about aha uh -huh. like that yeah, there's a lot of them <laughs> this I think is the this lead is... single and it had uh, got to number 18 on the alternative airplay list that's it's such the... a badass hard-hitting opening song yeah hits then... hard great start for the longest time, I knew the word space side. I didn't know what it was until I did research for this. It's a uh, scotch whiskey. So, yeah. like, I did not know that. And I know it's not really a political song, but more of a view on how Americans live their daily lives, dealing with anxiety, stress, and just plain living. And yeah. it talks about, like, you know, prescription drugs and drinking, apparently, space side. It's a great song. Well, and, and um, Atkins was having like panic attacks during the when they were touring for Clarity, and he was taking medication uh, for it. So that was kind of like, um, you know, that was the inspiration for that, like taking the uh, medication, you know, and the lyrics there. Yeah, uh, like I said, song hits hard. It's a great start to the album. The bridge is really good. It's a banger. It's a banger. Put it in the books. Put it in the books. All right. Track, Track two. two. Go ahead. I'm sorry. A praise chorus. Fourth single. I uh, got to 16 on alternative airplay. Um, the background on this is that when they were writing this song, uh, they were stuck on the bridge se section and they sent it to Davey Von Bolin of the Promise Ring. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced his name wrong, right, but uh, who then sung various song references, namely Crimson and Clover by Tommy James and the Shondells, Our House by Madness, Kickstart My Heart by Motley Crue, and and Don't Let's Start by They Might Be Giants uh, throughout Ooh. a praise chorus, which deals. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, that's where the bridge like kind of has a lyric line from each one of those songs or a lyric line or like a reference, which is really cool. Yeah. This also has one of my favorite Jimmy world choruses. I'm on my feet. I'm on the floor. I'm good to go. God, I love it. And it's such a motivating song. Like if you're starting something new, put this on. Yeah. I love the chorus. It's like intense without being intense. Like it's vocally intense, but not like actually. And he's like, he's not even saying it loud or anything. He's just, it's very like understated, but it's like that quiet intensity kind of, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna talk quiet, so you have to lit. You have to strain to lit. Like you have to pay attention and listen. I think it's cool. There's so, a theme on this album is there's a lot of songs that are super motivational and like, all right, let's do this. And there's a lot of really sad songs. So true. So this was the thing I was gonna say earlier, or that I alluded to earlier. Um. I have a pretty clear memory of the first time I ever heard this song. Do you know where it was? It was a sports game, wasn't it? 
No. I feel like it was in a sports game. What? It was in Adrian. Oh, okay. Above a bar named Mandy's. It was at my house. In your apartment. Not the second time. The first time, like back in the day. Like hanging out with Zachary's uh, dog pile days. Uh, and I remember you and I think Alex was over there. And maybe, maybe it was the time Zach was there. I'm not sure. But I have a very clear memory of you singing a lot, like playing the song and singing along to it, which is, I have a lot of memories like yeah, that. I do that a lot. But I just, it's very, I think because it was like the first time I ever heard the song. And I was like, oh, like, okay, I like this. Um, That's a memory yeah, I so, appreciate. I'm glad yeah. you have that memory of me. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, especially when you think about how much stuff I've forgotten in my life <laughs> or can't remember. I have this, I, I remember it very clearly. Crimson and Clover over and over. My heart in the middle. All right, let's move on. Sorry. <laughs> Track number three, The Middle. Malcolm. This is Malcolm's middle. favorite song. Speaking of motivational shoots. So is this song not one of the most like uplifting, upbeat songs you've ever heard? Like even the guitar is basically singing to you, hang in there. You can do this, motherfucker. Like pretty sure this is still their biggest hit, in my opinion. People always know the song The Middle by Jimmy World. It mixes emo with the pop perfectly. This was radio gold. That was all my notes crammed real quick. <laughs> all right. Uh, you are correct. This is their highest charting and selling song. Number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Um, so um, I guess there's a guitar solo. The guitar solo is a homage to Doug Gillard of Guided by Voices. Okay. Um, and then um, so uh, the lyrics about fitting in and self-acceptance uh, were wrote in response to a fan saying they weren't punk enough. And then Lynn said the drums on the song were an attempt to emulate um, the ones in You Wreck Me by Tom Petty. You don't have the extra note about it? I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry. Well, what's the extra note? The one I read was that this song was also written when they dropped, they were yeah. off the label and mm -hmm. they were like in the middle of all this like, oh my God, are we going to put out this other album? So yeah, that's the, other, the one I had. <laughs> yep. No, I have that too. Um, so you're not going to like my, uh, thoughts on this though. I said, this is a solid song and I can see how, like from the mainstream music perspective, this would be their breakout song. But when thinking about their wider catalog of si singles, um, and like the, the greater landscape of the genre of music they're in this, it's kind of bland. I, like, I don't like, I think Futures is better than this. I think Pain is better than this. Oh, I think yes. Sweetness is better than this. I think Praise Chorus is better than this. Like, I, I, but, you know, I can see when you're someone outside of the genre, like a, an A&R guy or a radio guy, and you look like this is a, this song, especially if you're thinking like 2000, 2001, like, perfect. This and is, it worked. It obviously worked for them. So this but. is a pop drop. And what I like. When Bleakway 2 dropped uh, Carry Me Home, God, why am I drawing a blank? That song, all the small things. Like This song makes no sense and it's dumb as hell, but everyone knows all the small things. Yeah. 
like it's just a pop drop. It's a song you drop, they get you airplay, and then other people can discover more of your music. And yep. I do love the middle. It's I'm not, not saying like, it's bad. I'm just saying no. it's um, bland by comparison when you think the fact that it's like their biggest song. But bland sells, and you know it. Like you true. can see, like that is true. A bunch of woo girls at a club singing along to this, or like a construction worker who had a hard day singing along to this. Like this is the song that hits so many people, like yeah, in just the right moments. And you know the song "The Middle" by Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, see, and it's not her <laughs> genre. I mean, she knows a lot of music, but yeah. How dare right. you? How dare you short sell Anne's musical prowess? <laughs> Track four, your house. My house, our house. That's just called your house. <laughs> uh, this is about the pain of a breakup, cutting off all communication with the person, and was um, reminiscent of the work of Venus. I need to read these a bunch more before I read them on here. Um, the drum parts were played in unison by Lynn Atkins and Trombino, as Lynn wanted something similar to a marching band. Okay. Wait, what did you say the song was about? Because I wrote, of course, like I always do. I, well, I Pain of a breakup. Okay. So I think it's a cute little tune about like loving someone who's going to break your heart. Like it hasn't happened yet, but you see it coming. He sings like in the way she's like winning him over and yet he knows it won't end well or just don't call him kind of like, a, you know. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about the song is it's a long outro of just him repeating the same thing over and over, which is pretty common in most of these emo songs, but yeah, uh, this song's a little too mellow and a little too repetitive for me. Um, the bridge is a bright spot where he cranks it up a little bit, but I, I would say if there's a skip on this album, it's this one. I wouldn't skip it, but it is probably my least favorite on the album. Oh, look at that. We're in the, we're in this similar headspace. <laughs> Very cool. Track five. Sweetness. This should have been this. Like if you asked me, this would have been this is their this should have been their breakout hit. Um, This is probably the most iconic. Whoa. Song I can think of. It's almost like, hey, can you name a song that says, whoa, or whoa, so much. This is the song. Well, yeah, because it's on every line of, of the song, which it's interesting because you wouldn't think that it works. But, oh, it but it does. Yeah. So this is actually uh, this got 75 on the Hot 100. This was a very successful uh, song as well. Um, you know, it's funny is that we make fun of the woes, but he had a melody in his head and he was demoing it and singing it and having a hard time with the lyrics. And the woes were like a stand in. And then they just didn't put words there. Okay. That happens often. Yeah. Um, what is this about? Do you have a because I have what I think it's about, but. Um, I actually didn't get anything like that about it. No, go ahead. So I always took this as a, a fun, but party too hard kind of night. Cause he's like spinning free, sweet and simple numbing stumble till you crawl, dizzy dancing. Like, it's just basically like having fun, but kind of being out of control at it. That's okay. kind of what I took from, I always take from the song. Yeah, I don't, uh, it's not a bad didn't... thing. I'm just saying. I kind of hear it as like a, you know, maybe you're you're high on love or you're, you know, or you're drunk. I could see it going so many ways. The only yeah, the only thing I found it was like one of the best full recovery from a bad breakup songs. 
but it could be yeah i guess you feel pretty high when you finally recover from a bad breakup yeah um yeah no this is this is it's solid and man it's uh with a lot of woes it's really easy to sing along at their concert oh yeah so that that works for you will one day (laughs) they're gonna i can't believe i've never seen jimmy world live who am i i've seen so many bands live so many some would say too many no i wouldn't say too many it was a good time (laughs) some would (laughs) i don't know why i said that track Um, six hear you me you hear me me hear you so i feel like i should tell you what this song is about before you say anything just in case so uh it's a tribute to michael and carly allen two popular weezer fans who died in a car accident while returning home it's popular jimmy world and weezer fans okay weezer uh was hit their break bigger or earlier so we did they get title billing on the <laughs> i just wrote down what it said okay um I do so know this we obviously they're i mean <laughs> i'm sure they were jimmy world fans too if they're writing a song about them so um the guitar work uses a counter melody against the vocals so that's pretty cool and then um this song was actually initially intended for go big casino which is atkins orchestral side project word do you know about go big casino i don't (laughs) No. so now Now i'm gonna look into that now you can check it out yeah okay you ready yeah oh This is an emotional song for me, you guys. This is my cancer song. So my mom developed breast cancer. I went to her with chemo. And just like in the movies, we would listen to music and headphones together. Even though this song is completely devastating and about losing someone and being sad in town, she fell in love with it. We would sing along with it after. Like I made her an actual cassette mixtape that she took with her to chemo. And this was always track one. Like it's. I know it's like shouldn't be an uplifting song because it is such a sad song, but she loved it. And it's just like relates to that to me now, like going through the chemo with her. Which is also pretty dark and sad, but (laughs) and I know it's about like losing someone you love and the two girls and all that. It's in it's in my top 10 of sad songs, but it's so good. And it has such strong memories with me. Well, it can you know, a song can be a sad song, but it can mean something, you know, different to you too. Yeah. Even if it's not completely what the lyrical content is, you know, <laughs> and I, that all, everything you said makes sense to me as far as the song is, even if it's, it is, you know, it's not negative. It's still like an uplifting song, even though it's sad. Cause it's like saying like nice things. It's not like, you know, it's not a dark song. It's just a sad song. So um well after all that i just i said (laughs) it's a decent ballad i said it feels pretty appropriate for the time period very late 90s early 2000s vibes um but it's yeah you go first (laughs) yeah no it's but it's a good song and i think um it definitely means more listening to it once you know what it's about so that's kind of like it's it's cool to know what it's about because then it's not just some song oh like what is this you know it's 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 makes gives it more gravity and now knowing your personal story it has even more gravity when i hear it i'll think oh danny and his mom 
Like I was driving her home. Well, your mom's about, awesome. So that's, one day, yeah. and my mom's cheesy, but like we were listening to it in the car, and she like gripped my hand during the "You gave me some place to go" because I had her move in with me during the chemo, so she didn't have to drive far. And man, yeah. So like this song, so many feels, so many feels. That's I it. did say that I did say that <laughs> I I did say that it it makes sense that it was originally for another project because I feel like maybe on this album it feels like a little bit out of place not yeah. in a bad way but but then again like I think you could say that with almost any ballad if if it's a band that doesn't do like a ton of ballads like it ballads are going to feel out of place because they're all the all their other songs have kind of a different feel so Think about thinking about all those like hair metal ballads, like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so track yeah. seven. If you don't, don't, <laughs> don't. Um, tackles the theme of lost love. I put. <laughs> I think this song is about not being a good partner or not loving someone. But honestly, the lyrics kind of lose me and I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says the guitars were initially much faster in the style of the re- the wedding present. Um, but then Adkins slowed it down. It's when they were putting the song together. This is a song that I didn't realize I already kind of knew, but I think I just knew like the chorus. Um, this actually, I this is a good point for me to say this. After Hear You Me, I wasn't really sure i knew any of these songs because like i said i'm just like a guy that knows the hit songs oh you didn't know authority song before now we'll get to that oh you're not gonna like my opinion on that song (laughs) oh no but okay so if you don't you don't has one of my favorite sing-along choruses on this album if you don't know why would you say so would you get this story straight yeah it's a fun song to sing along to even though I don't completely understand what he's getting at. Yeah. I mean, do you really have to understand? It's, you no. know, it's, it's a vibe. It's fine. Um, this song's a little bit more mellow than some of the, the marquee songs, but I feel like it still has enough kick and emotion to capture your attention to be fun. It's kind of like, a, it's like a mid tempo. Um, I like the flow of the chorus and the, and the, you know, reminiscent nostalgic tone of the verses. It's like talking about the bar that they used to go to and all sorts of stuff like that. That's, you know, that's, that's, that sort of stuff is usually always fun. So word word. (laughs) That's all I got for it. I still love that song though. Track eight, get it faster. Should have put this on your, your NASCAR list. (laughs) Listen, this faster song rocks so hard and it doesn't even really start to like one minute. (laughs) I know. (laughs) that that first when I was like doing subsequent lessons, I kept I would like fast forward through <laughs> the, the the first like minute of nothing. But at two minutes and 20 seconds, we have that guitar back and forth, which is sick. Um, this may be the darkest song on the album, in my opinion. It's very it almost gives me future vibes like, oh, this is kind of the direction they're going to go. Um, yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't know enough about their, um, upcoming catalog after this to tell you if I agree with that or not, but, um, I will, yeah, like you said, I think the negative emotions on this song really shine through and, um, I made a note. So many of the songs have vocalizations. Whoa, whoa, 
cheating gets it faster. This it's, it's very similar to how I was talking about like quiet intensity. Yeah. Like it feels very intense, but he's still he's not really singing loud or anything. It's you know it's kind of his MO though. Like even True. in a lot of futures and all the more aggressive songs in the future, like in the future, not just the album futures. Yeah. But I really like this song. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else on it? Nope. Just flying through this. Track nine, Cautioneers. Um, so it channeled the sound of the cars and it recalls quieter songs on clarity. Said an earlier version of this track released on a split EP with Jebediah was centered around guitar strums. Um, but the version on the album features heavy use of decay, um, which Atkins sounded said sounded computerized. I thought at first you had that opinion about the clarity. I was like, damn, Josh. I agree. No, I don't that. know any songs of clarity. I couldn't. <laughs> uh, I tr- and I listened to a couple because, you know, a lot of my a lot of my ba- background notes like reference the stylings of clarity. And I was like, do I know any of these songs? And no, I don't. Not even the. Like I've found my uh, get ready for the concert playlist from a couple years ago, and there were a couple clarity songs on there, but I don't even remember them from that. Oh man, um, I fucking love the bass in this song. It's a great breakup song, or at least knowing someone's about to break up with you. Like that fear and anxiety that comes with knowing it's about to end. I mean, that's what I took from it. This one, um, it took a while to grow on me. Cause it was, it's like a little bit different, you know, they're doing they're they're uh, flexing that creative muscle with this one. It's a, like a different kind of song, at least, um, especially maybe not so much the, like the vocals and the lyrical content, but the, the backtrack, like the, the music on this is, is I feel like is different. It's very clarity, which yeah. is why. <laughs> so maybe it's not different. It's just uh different from the stuff that I know then, but yeah, no, this one's, this one's decent. It's not uh, one of my favorites, but I, I it's a good song. Word. It's a grower, not a shower, you know. <laughs> I really like this song, though. Track, Track 10. 10. The Authority song. Oh, no, I'm so worried about your opinion of this song. <laughs> you go first. Uh, the title and lyrics of Authority song are a direct reference to Authority song by John Cougar Mellencamp. Oh, Danny, I hope my opinion of this hurts so good. <laughs> um, it also contains a reference a to automatic camp. Reference. I thought it was a great segue. No, that was pretty good. Or uh, reference. Um, it also contains a reference to automatic uh, album by Jesus and Mary Chain. The Jesus and Mary Chain. Um, Wait, the way you're telling all these facts kind of waters it down. This song is about trying to find a song that's not too obvious, but still getting a point across. And he's like, oh, they won't play. The radio station won't play any, you know, uh, Jesus and Mary Chain. Maybe they'll play this other song. The DJ sucks. But at least he'll play like he might play Velvet Underground. What's going on? Like or what goes on? <laughs> like, it's a cool concept. And you're just like, yeah, it's referencing this and this and this. <laughs> you know, I wasn't done, but, uh, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that's that's what the song is about you took it out right out of my mouth it's a song um, reference song um it's a fine song i it's gimmicky and i don't know that i like it 
that like the gimmickiness it i'm trying to think like what what what's the song what's the sound that they're going for on this one it's like a <laughs> it's got like a like a 50s pop rock type like 50s 60s pop rock uh vibe to it i mean it's fine i mean i thought they were it, going for kind of a john cougar mellow camp style i mean yeah but but see to me they sound more like early beatles in this than they do john cougar Mellencamp. but i see how those two things kind of relate to especially like story the melody on the chorus like the you know like or when they're harmonizing yeah so it's about like picking a song but not necessarily meaning the fact or whatever so i when i worked a hot topic in the early 2001 era something like that i gave an employee i barely knew a ride home and all I did, I didn't even talk to her, but we listened to Savage Garden because it was in my CD player. And like at the end of the car ride, I dropped her off. She tried to kiss me. I go, whoa, 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 I'm your boss. And that's not what I was going for here. I was just giving you a ride home. And she goes, but you play truly madly deeply and we're singing along. And I'm like, that's just me. I was just singing along. I'm sorry if you got <laughs> I that. sing to everything, lady. I sing to everything. I'm sorry you got that impression. And she's cool. We were we became friends and awesome, everything after that. But it was very like, I did not mean to give you any. I, it was the whole Savage Garden album. I was not choosing songs to play for you. I just love that album. Okay. <laughs> I love the. I love. Song makes me think of that. Although I love the the just the thought of, hey, I'm giving this person that I don't really know a ride home, and I'm gonna play this love song, this cheesy love song, and I, I like it. I'm not saying there's the whole wrong album, stuff, but like I'm playing this cheesy love music and singing along to it with this person in my car that i barely know i could see why she got the wrong idea well i was this guy's trying to serenade me he's trying to win me making a move i was just singing along little did you know he's so good he doesn't even have to try ladies just, yeah that's my funny smooth operator playing a song that you don't mean to reference something all right, track eleven, my sundown, final track. Um, this song was also initially intended for Go Big Casino. All right, I have to look up this Go Big Casino. Go Big Casino. Do you know what? Do you know what you do? Nah, nah that. that Where were you going with that? I was trying to think of some Go Big or Go Home type thing, but I couldn't think of a way to make it work. <laughs> This song hits me hard. It's such a great sad song about doing something amazing and no one paying attention or not mattering. Yeah. And like, maybe it's my anxiety, but all the stuff I've done in the past, I feel like some of it doesn't matter. Even the stuff I tried really hard at, especially like my music career or art, you know? So I, I always feel that in the song. He's like, I'm just going to say goodbye and good nights. Like nothing I'm doing is working. No one cares. I feel that. <laughs> I have uh, lots of podcasts that no one listens to. <laughs> so, uh, no, a long history of uh, of that. I yeah, I, I wrote. I I do. Ident- I said I identify with the idea that no one cares about you or your accomplishments, or that feeling at least. Yeah. So. So, you know, it's a sad song in that sense. But it's a great song. Again, everything on this album is either super uplifting or sad. Wake up. Oh, it's, sun, it's my sundown, Danny. I'm going to bed. 
Oh. It's bedtime. Goodbye and good night. <laughs> Perfect. I yawned as part of a segue. <laughs> um, yeah, this one took a little while, a little bit to grow on me, but it's because it's you know mellow. But it's yeah, this is a good song, even though it's sad. Um, really helps to when you identify with something. It really uh, helps kind of cement that, uh, you know, and helps you uh, helps bring you around if you don't uh, if you're not feeling it right away. Now that we're done, have you heard Turn Twist? Is that one of the extra songs or uh, B-sides or whatever? Yep, it's a B-side. It was on the Japanese one, of course. Hold on a second. So let me show it to you because I think it's really good. I just I really like that B-side and that's one I really wish would have been on the album. Turn twist. Splash. Splash per turn twist, sorry. Splash. <laughs> Splash. Very cool. Very evil. That was Jimmy World. I love that album. Uh, I said it's a solid album, especially for its time. Um, it's better than I thought it was because, like I said, I uh, I didn't really use to listen to the album or know any of the songs like "Past Sweetness," "Hear You," "Hear You Me." I feel like obviously I knew if you don't, don't, but not as well. You really need to check out their other albums. They have so many good albums. If you ever get a chance, one of these days. <laughs> I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Quite the praise chorus coming from you. That's true. I think it's a pretty excellent album. Bada bing, bada boom. Anything else? Should we jump into Weekly Rewind? Let's do it. Weekly Rewind. I thought right. I did like a Three Stooges thing there I for know. a second. I want to talk about two albums that dropped that I think are just amazing. One, Turnstile, their album Glow On. Real good. And then Halsey, produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Rose. Also a great pop album that has very dark twists to it. I haven't heard anything, but I am not a woman. I'm a god. Um, but I that's on my weekly rewind. And I'm assuming that I'd like this album because I like Halsey. So Yeah, it's... I mean, I like old Halsey too, but this album, like, I really like. So I think it's just because it's got, like, it's Halsey's music style and her singing and her vocals and her, well, of course, but her lyrical content, which is always great. But then behind it is this, like, almost Nine Inch Nail style, like, electronic y feel. Yeah. Newer Nine Inch Nails, not like, you know, March of the Pigs Nine Inch Nails style. <laughs> okay. Um, 
What else you got? Um, I have it? the new Memphis Mayfire Bleed Me Dry, which is really good. The new Wage War Circle the Drain. A lot of hardcore there. Hmm. Uh, new State Champs Just Sound is really fun. I didn't even listen to it because. Do you not like State Champs? Uh, they're all right. <laughs> and then a band called Hot Milk, who I've never heard. The song's called I Think I Hate Myself. That's fun. Ooh. And then with confidence, new song, What What You Make It. Those are my jams. That's what I jammed this week. I mean, I got the I new talked to you a few days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got the new Real Friends song on mine, Teeth. That's pretty good. Oh, I haven't heard that um, one. I'll have to look it up. And then I also have Die For It, which is Belly, The Weeknd, and Nas. It's pretty good. Is it? Uh, yes. And then I have uh, another one that I want to show you. Um, oh, man. Is it Donda? No. <laughs> which Fuck dropped Kanye. today. And we'll Fuck talk Kanye. about that in a minute. I haven't listened to it. It's not amazing. I know. It's, it's, it's Kanye anytime recently. Well, while you're looking it up, I might as well say I listened to half of the Donda album. It's not crazy good or anything. It's not that impressive. Again, I've only listened to like like 10 tracks, but it's like 100 minutes long. Like it's a long album. And I'm going to get all the way through it to just see if there's any song I really like. But so far, nothing like I even threw on this list or anything. Not saying it's terrible. It's not like Jesus level, which I know people love Jesus. I just don't love that one. You talk to Kanye fans, they love Jesus. All right, did you find your song yet? Should I just play Donda? Yeah, I was trying time? to figure out a way to... I wanted to play it without you seeing what it was for, at first. I'll look away. I'm looking over at the wall. So this is Alex Melton. If you're feeling sluggish, bored oh. around oh. the waist, you're just plain backed up, and you're ready to flush out that... <laughs> I caught it yesterday. You hit me with a call to your place. yeah i hate this cover huh i hate that cover Boo. but do you see lil nas x is going to drop his album this year he says in the fall oh. yeah i keep forgetting that he hasn't actually dropped an album so yeah montrose is supposed to come out in the fall we should definitely do a whole montero well we should do a whole episode on that when it drops because i like everything i've heard yeah all right we did it we did this episode in under an hour we can talk for three more minutes if you want i don't know what else to talk about for <laughs> I'm, three more I'm gonna clip stuff anyway so that it nah. still won't end up being an hour but i don't want um, listeners to think because this episode is under an hour that this jimmy world album is not good no that's exactly what it means don't <laughs> no <laughs> That's exactly what it is. All right, let's just play the album fully for the next 30, 40 minutes. No, just kidding. All right. All right. Well, I don't don't even know what we're doing next week, but we'll figure it out off air. Yeah. Good idea. Um, We, um, so 
when you were talking about your top five earlier, um, you said we had done three of the five. Yeah. And it, what we hadn't done Motion City. And what was the other one we hadn't done? Some 41 we haven't done. Ah, yeah. We're never going to do some 41. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. So I was going to say earlier that we, I intend on doing, obviously, intend on doing Motion City. Um, just have to decide what I want to do. And also, Motion City is a, a band that I that I share with Danny, but not, but also KDP and uh, with Tab. So, got to figure out who's going to be on what and when. So, um, you know, but because uh, they're they are definitely in my top five. I was trying to think what my top five would be, and I don't even of know this that I genre? could. You can't. Yeah, think of yeah, yeah. I would say definitely Motion City and Blink, and I'd have to think some more to decide maybe maybe that's my homework for next week i'll i'll know i can tell people what my top five is from uh i guess maybe i gotta put fall boy in there but it's really just with the one album but we'll see we'll see you I'll think about it all right well thanks for listening to another <laughs> thanks for listening to can another i leave one. that in <laughs> yeah thanks for listening to another episode of b-side ourselves uh we'll catch you on the flip side I thought it was it's time to flip the record over. Oh wait. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Beside Ourselves. It's time to flip the record over. What did I say? We'll see you on the flip side. <laughs> no, I like the other one more. You're right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, B-siders. We'll catch you on the flippity flap. Donda. <laughs> Fuck Kanye. It's not very good. I know. I don't even need to listen to it to know that. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beside Ourselves. Beside Ourselves is written and recorded by Danny Lowens and Josh Schramm. Beside Ourselves is available on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. You can follow and interact with us on Instagram and Twitter at B underscore SidePod. If you have an album or music topic you want us to cover on a future episode, be sure to slide into those DMs and let us know. The intro music for today's show is by Chris Porter, and the outro music is by former critics. <laughs>